I love my rejection slips. They show me I try. So that's a quote from Sylvia Platt in her posthumously published The Unabridged Journals of Sylvia Platt. And I'm John Fanning. And this is the Create with John Fanning podcast. How's it going out there? I hope you're all well and enjoying your summer or if you're down and uh, down under uh, your winter. So this is episode 16 of my series of episodes on imagination or creativity as such based around my book, Create. So in the last episode, I talked about doors towards the imagination and creativity and how to start or how to understand the journey out of the cave in that uh, in the way from that metaphor of the cave but from Plato uh, into from the into this confusion of trying to create, uh, to begin to create, and how to acclimatize, or just having to acclimatize to the light of new creation as such. But today I'm going to talk about the walls of rejection and failure, uh, but not, as I said before, this is this these next episodes are going to be about doors as opposed to walls, but these one of the greatest walls is one of rejection and failure to put us off creating, so... I want to talk about how to transform them into failures, into opportunities or doors towards the imagination and creativity. And today I want to I want to talk today about a young English poet who came to the Muse many years ago. Uh, for for any of you uh, who are new to the podcast, the Muse is uh, the writers an artist retreat I co-founded and ran ran for nearly twenty years in southern France with my wife Kerry. And we welcome creators from every every continent and of every creative bent as such. Um, but anyway, this young English poet had just finished university and sent some of his poems to The New Yorker, uh, a magazine that's notorious for not responding. But they responded to him and gave him basically a page of encouraging criticisms of his work. Um, but what did he do with it? Well, it with that criticism, or what he saw as criticism, eh, he decided never to send another poem out again. Until he got to Lemuse, that is. Uh, because when he, because he, and this was because he thought his poems were just bad, because they'd been, in his mind, rejected. But what he didn't realise was that the rejection he'd received was an actual acceptance of his work. It just meant that he had to work on it, or reform it, or re rewrite it edit it um, make it better and try to uh, accommodate those responses or as he saw criticisms so the majority of people only get a few lines in a form response from somewhere like the new yorker not an actual human writing back to encourage him so we explained this myself and three other writers um going down the car down to carcassonne uh, we started to explain that idea to him yeah, it was more of an acceptance than a rejection 
and he just had to look at it differently. So he started sending out his poems again and about a week after that, and he started sending them everywhere, and not just to the New Yorker. Um, so if he hadn't come on a retreat and talked to other creators, he would have, he would have basically given up because he thought he was a failure. But creators understand that to get rejected is actually an opportunity, an opportunity to understand the work that you put out there more if it's constructive criticism or uh, just understand that when you're getting rejected, it means you're actually creating because if you're creating something um, and you finish it and send it out, then it means that you're actually doing the work that you're supposed to be doing. So personally, anytime I get a rejection, I, I try to meditate on it and take time to sit with it and do nothing and to think about what what I'm working on right now, not the actual thing that I've received criticism on. Because um, by doing this, I become aware of my thoughts and then, then my emotions, when I meditate, that is. And, and then I realize my, after a little while, I, I realize that my presumed failure is in actual fact my own mind making me feel bad as opposed to asking the question, what can I learn from this rejection? So this is this is a way of turning a wall into a door instead of feeling shame or getting down. And it's something that um, you could see it as failing forward or, or leaning into into the failure and, and to see what you can learn from it. Uh, um, that rejection can be a learning process to evolve and to make whatever it is that you're creating better. So, and when you do this, doors open. It's a, um, it's a transformative way or it's a path of turning a negative into a positive by changing the way your mind or our mind receives the information. So to, to simple questions like, oh, what can I do better the next time? Can I make it shorter? Can I make it longer? Can I make it uh, more succinct in specific details or can I expand on something or not expand on something or color something more or less you know so it's it's a it's a process so you know it could be fixing a character or a chapter or it could be fixing the way of just a how painting is framed you know so and then to ask the question am I what people say about me and my work or or am I just going to keep creating? You know, it's like you you people aren't judging you um based on the work. They're judging the work itself and the work can get better. You know, all work can get better if we train ourselves to accommodate to what it is the feedback it is we're getting. When it's good and constructive, which is another whole story in itself. So this whole idea of rejection in itself, it can, it can come in many forms, you know, no sales or it doesn't have to be specifically people saying something to you or uh, some remark or letter or it could be no sales, you know, you didn't sell any paintings or no shows, you just didn't get a show in a gallery or at an event or you just your book doesn't get published or you don't get represented or you just get really crappy reviews or you don't get the 
the the the part that you wanted in a in a play or or the job that is in the industry that you you want to be creating in so there's this whole psychodrama that starts and then of course all the walls appear you know the ones that we talked about before the the myths the, the uh, all the different forms of uh, like lexical prisons and um just negative self-sabotage and so the only solution to this is to is just to persevere and have an open mind and to just try to be resilient so you have to remember why you create uh, as opposed to obsessing over like why you didn't get your stuff out there because you're not doing it to get it out there yes it's good to share it with other people who are into what it is that you're doing but inevitably it's you're doing it because you love doing it and that's something i'll talk about in the next episode so it's a need this need to create because of something that you love doing whether it's painting or drawing or writing poetry or building something so as i was saying mentors or peers encourage you when when these losses come and There's a writer called Judith Viorst who talks about this in her book, Necessary Losses. And basically she says, when we lose something, we also gain something. So, yes, uh, she talks about debt and divorce as big tragedies, but they're also opportunities to grow and to open up after after a period of time, of course, to other opportunities um and this applies to the regular occurrence of rejection uh, of the creative work just like getting rejected by um other human beings um in relationships for example but so just because you're rejected uh, or your work is rejected it doesn't mean it's a bad thing it can actually be a really healthy and positive part of the process of the imagination so the more you fail the better you you can get this the idea that quality comes from thin air is this is it's another myth and the more you create uh quantity the more mistakes you'll make so the better you'll get at creating if you're willing to learn from your mistakes so if you look at any major creator they they always fail at first excuse me, just drinking some water. Um, Yeah, they always fail at first, but they they keep going until they finally have a breakthrough. And a lot of the time they didn't even realize they weren't having a breakthrough until after the fact. You know, Thomas Edison failed to invent the light bulb for a long time, but he never admitted failure. He said he just found 10,000 ways that didn't work. (laughs) So again, that's that, that idea of that mindset of, just being resilient and changing the way of looking at it, looking at what it is that you're creating. So, and in in addition to that, rejection could simply mean you have not found the right setting or the right person to imply, employ or or the right kind of thing to create. So if you get criticism, does any of it actually help? And if it does, then rejection can be, as I was saying, this 
huge opportunity. So if someone doesn't like your stuff and you you try to take it on board, uh, then, then get them to be specific about what it is that they don't like. Like, be responsible about it. Respond to what the person says instead of reacting to it. And, you know, if you respond, you're being responsible and you're trying to find out, oh, well, what can I learn from this? So, and to just find out where they're coming from. Like, what's their basis for whatever it is they're saying? And I just asked them for examples of how your creation could be more workable or better. And because they're not criticizing you, they're criticizing the work. And then again, they're not criticizing the work as such. They're just trying to help you if they're good at what they do or if they're aware enough to see what it is that the work should be to make it better. Well, they're not criticizing. They're just ameliorating it. They're making it better. And that's a good thing for you as the creator. So because of that, we, I suppose we, we have to learn to detach ourselves from the work and not take it personally. So even if you've put your heart into your creation, it still needs to be set apart from you. It's kind of like it's kind of like raising a kid. Uh, at some stage, you have to let the kid or accept the kid the way they are and that they're going to go out into the world as they are. You know, their roots are formed and they put their roots down into the ground and you can only help them so much. So as much as you love them, there will there'll be others that don't, irrespective of how wonderful your child is to you. Uh, Oscar Wilde had this idea in the portrait of WH where he talked about this idea of his creative works as children, the the children of his heart or his mind. And this idea is very, I found very beautiful when I first read it. Um, because, you know, when, when you go through to the creative act, you, you know it's going to hurt. But we can't allow that hurt to stop us from creating. When somebody criticizes your child or your creative children, then... Um, we just have to accept it and understand that not everybody's going to like your children. Not everybody's going to appreciate them the way you do or the way other people would appreciate them. So, uh, there's actually a quote I wanted to um, mention based around this from Ursula K. Le Guin, who I'm always quoting, well, for good reason, because she's quite extraordinary. And it's, again, um, it's in her book, uh, words are my matter and it's about book reviews and it goes like this the new york east coast literary scene is so inward looking and provincial that i've always been glad not to be a part of it but when i lived in london i was positively terrified by the intensity of british literary cliques the viciousness of competition degree of the degree of savagery permitted so there are, you know, there are closed doors in every industry, but it doesn't mean you have to have a closed mind or worse again than that, a closed heart. So, yes, it, it helps to know people. It's helpful if you can get into some clique, but and, it, you know, it helps if you're a prodigy. <laughs> but does it really matter as long as what you're creating is making you joyful? Uh, because if it makes you joyful, it will eventually make others joyful too, because it's because it's infectious. And time is the only thing that allows that to happen, as a, as we've witnessed from many, many creators who've gone before, uh, you know, who've worked in a vacuum and get no 
capital success as such. You know, this whole capital, as I talked about in, in episode 14 about capitalism, yeah, this idea of success. So, you know, these sad casualties, people like, you know, the Confederacy of Dunces, or John Kennedy Toole, who, you know, he comes to mind because, you know, his pub, his novel was published 11 years after his suicide just because of his his mother who just completely believed in what he completely believed in his child his creative her creative child um not the pun on wild but you know a very sad uh, casualty of somebody who created something very beautiful and then it was rejected um because people weren't aware or able to see how beautiful it was but his mother did and persevered and it was published later on so Closed industries don't have to stop our creations, you know. Uh, if anything, we should see rejection as an, 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 as an impetus to continue being creative. So like getting published like O'Toole or, um, or Kennedy Tools, Kennedy Tool, um, or getting produced or ex- exhibited or getting some trophy or degree or prize uh, or some some form of a decoration does not it doesn't equal success you know because that's a capitalist idea of looking at creativity um it's monetary as opposed to it's a monetary capitalistic way of looking at it as opposed to the the success of actually having finished and created something that means something to you so, but at the same time, we go out into the world reaching out for these carrots that are dangled in front of us. Um, and why is that? You know, it's, you know, it's that idea of the pursuit of happiness. Um, but the irony being is, can't we just be happy <laughs> as opposed to pursuing it? If you're going to pursue it, you're never going to be happy. Can't we just write a novel like, Kennedy O'Toole and enjoy the process without having to make loads of money from it. Can't we just paint a painting and run the race or hold the office? You know, why Why do we have to allow others to create our success or rubber stamp it? So the answer to all of those questions is basically we don't have to. So if we, if we do what we love and keep creating because success is a choice so like i choose to write a novel every couple of years and uh, some of them might be failures and some of them are okay and some of them i'm very proud of but that's how i judge my books and their successes and the ones that are successes i judge their their success by how much they changed me in the process of writing them and how much i've learned and evolved by by creating them so by how much they made me accept the process and the imagining of them, the writing, the editing, and the knowledge of what I've learned from doing each one being beneficial to the next one I'll eventually write when I feel inspired to do so again. So, so that's how I experience success. And it's not easy to hold that. Um, it's not easy to hold that way of looking at things in your consciousness all the time. You'll have lows and you'll have highs, um, but if that's the goal or the awareness that you bring to your creativity, then it'll be a much more wholesome and holistic um, 
formulation or way of creating. So this idea of success, success is what makes you happy right now, like in the process or in the flow of of running or designing or inventing or uh, writing like me. And so it's, so that's success, not, not, not pursuit, uh, not the publication, not that, not, not some decoration or uh, award ceremony, you know? So, because most creators don't, do not, they don't need recognition or awards in their own lifetime or afterwards. Most are, uh, most creators are, are very, are, are are not known, you know, and a lot of them only get known after they've died, like, you know, Kennedy O'Toole. And there's m- so many examples of that, of those types of creators, you know, Van Gogh would be another. But uh, so Oscars and National Book Awards and seed money for some kind of creative business that you're trying to do, this is not why uh, we create. We create because we love what we do. And if we are awarded recognition or financial gain, then it's a bonus, it's not the whole goal in creating. Yes, ostensibly it's great to get money and to put it out there that you will get paid for what it is that you created and the hard work that you've put in. But we don't create for external rewards. You create because you need to do it. So, you know, an, an example of this would be somebody like Catherine Hepburn. At one stage in her career, she just stopped getting acting roles and she was considered like box office poison. And <laughs> what she... Uh, you know, she just loved acting in movies, so she could have stopped. She 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 would have had enough money at the time to stop, so she didn't need to go on anymore. But but you know, she loved acting. So what did she do? What did she did she take the rejection and just give up, or just decide, no, I'm not going to do this anymore. I've gotten enough success anyway. I've, I did what I needed to do, or did she become mindful? Like, like did she meditate on it and become aware of? where she was um inevitably she just said this is not the way it's going to be um so she created a new another whole part to her career um so she was acting in a play the philadelphia story um and then she realized you know um she's like gotta get creative and so what she did was uh she used the play as as her way of getting a a, a screen comeback, uh, so she bought the film rights to it and went on to produce and star in the movie version, and it was her first big hit after a load of flops. So, you know, there's there's another example of empowering of a woman who empowered herself by being mindful of the rejections and then changed her position, or the way or the position that society or all these patriarchal uh, producer types um, at the time put her into, you know, which is still a problem now. But but she created a new opportunity, opened a door, and she opened her imagination to to try and envision a different way of operating within the confines of what it is that she was operating in. So one door closed to her, but she opened another one, you know, she pushed it open. And, you know, there's many examples of this kind of stuff. Um, uh, just to, to to get, you know, a little bit of somebody like Steve Jobs or the the guy that he he worked with, Steve Wozniak. Um, the two of them were, you know, they were they were well known. Um, they're probably two of the most well known names in computers, but it wasn't because 
uh, but it, um, they had these other products like uh, Twiggy and Lisa and Apple too. They were all companies that they had and stuff that they were doing and they all failed, you know? And then like, you know, even Hewlett Packard uh, rejected Wozniak, uh, I don't know, it was five times before he created the personal computer and founded Apple with Jobs. And the rest of that's history, you know? You know, it's a computer that I use and a lot of people use now. So each failure can be an opportunity to learn from what, what it is that's failing and the other creations that we created before or businesses we created before. But it can also be an opportunity to embrace new ideas. And somebody like Wozniak would advise not to expect your first projects to be successful, but to do them for yourself, for the challenge or for the fun or to learn from, you know. So even somebody like Samuel Beckett, um, even uh, he had something positive. Well, (laughs) Beckett's form of positivity is not very not in line with most people's form of positivity. Uh, I suppose you call him more of a realist than a, than a, an optimist. Or, But anyway, he had this encouraging way or, or encouraging quote uh, from one of his plays. And it goes, uh, all of old, nothing else ever, ever tried, ever failed, no matter, try again, fail again, fail better. And you know, uh, Sam Beckett, he was he was dogged uh, in reworking his writing, like dogged. And the way his stuff was put on, he was dogged in how it was presented and he made sure it was exactly how he wanted it to be. And he kept re reenacting what it is that he felt to get to what it is that he needed to express. So the more you fail, you know, kind of like the, uh, the better you you get at creating something different. So you can learn from, we can learn from our mistakes and by taking rejection mindfully and just carrying on regardless with focus and awareness, we can fail better the next time, you know? So, uh, you know, opinions, you know, opinions are like mouths. I don't know who said that once, somebody I knew in Ireland. Uh, opinions are like mouths, everyone's got one. Uh, it doesn't necessarily mean what's coming out of them is the truth, you know. <laughs> so the best way to handle rejection then would be just to move on to the next project or creation. doesn't mean you do it like five minutes after you get your rejection. Um, you know, it's a process. But, you know, just you're now a free agent. <coughs> Excuse me. So your agent should be trying to sell your book now or your building or your idea you don't have time to worry about it not selling because you're already moving forward with the next creation uh, it's what you do as a creator you write you build uh, you, you you create again and if the next one's bad as well then you just move on to the next one so this wall of rejection and all the other walls you know it, they have to be battled by just continuing and doing the next thing irrespective of what it is because you never know when it is that thing is going to hit, that thing that's going to get you into flow again. So, so all these walls, this this these walls of rejection, um, they actually remind me of a children's book. Um, we're going on a bear hunt. I used to read it to the kids every night, and you know, in the book it says something about uh, they're going after this bear. You know, 
they're going all over the place and in it it says you can't go over it you can't go under it you can't go around it you just have to go through it so literally and figuratively you just have to go through it you just have to go through the re- rejection and a great way of doing that is just by creating something new instead of sitting there in the corner sulking and getting you know letting your brain go mental um because that's what it loves doing going around in circles driving you crazy saying how crap you are so um that's the way to go through it uh keep creating keep creating new work and let the wall fall of its own accord by just beginning again because the the work gets you through the frustration the thoughts uh, the mind games the emotions into a new inspiration uh something you can get enthusiastic about again um and anytime i ever have a problem with a chapter when i'm stuck i just begin another chapter go somewhere else in the book or go somewhere else in your painting or do a different painting i begin again somewhere else i bring my awareness to another part of the story that's revealing itself another part of the novel or the play and it's the same with anything there's another part of the problem or the creation that you can bring your attention to um a really good example of that would be the Cohen brothers, uh, Joel and Ethan Cohen, uh, the filmmakers. So they'll start a script um, and they'll get bored halfway through and they'll go direct something else and they'll start a new screenplay. And then they'll get bored with that and then they'll return to a previous one. And so they're always starting again. Um, so rejection, they they don't have time for it. They're just p- too busy doing the work, you know. So, And there's many other... Uh, it's just not not just screenwriters and directors that are like that. It's as I was giving the examples of others before, uh, but you know you can look at any company. You know something like Starbucks does the same thing. They come out with all these new ideas before they perfect them. They make them, and they just make them better as they go along. You know they adapt them. They start doing something and then they'll make it better by getting the people coming in to criticize it so that they can make it better. So they adapt. So I suppose. Creation is a lot about adaption and adapting to what it is that you're creating at the time. You know, one way, one thing that I do is I just go on to something else. So they start again and they know new ideas will not be perfect, but they can get better with time and innovation. So like every time I do another episode of this podcast, I feel like I'm failing a little less than the last time. You know, it's not perfect and... I'm just not afraid to fail anymore. You know, I just, you know, who cares? You know, I'm just going to keep doing it and I'll finish it. And why is that? It's because I know that failing is just part of the process. It's not perfect. It's not going to be perfect uh, because there's no such thing as perfection. And so you just kind of fail forward and fail better. (laughs) It doesn't stop me from putting out episodes. So because I know I'll get better the next time. Every ter- every time I learn something new, whether it's something technical or, you know, I'll be here taking a drink because it's too hot in the room and next time I'll open the window so it's not as warm. But then you got noise outside, so you adapt your creativity towards the situation that you're in as opposed to just saying, no, it's too warm, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to give up. So every time I learn something new with a new creation, and it doesn't have to be a novel, it could be just as easily a uh an episode an episode like this you know if my daughter's in the background making noise open the door like she's doing now um i'm not going to stop doing the 
the episode. If my computer's making noise in the background, I'm not going to stop it because I know it's nothing's perfect. I just move along and just keep going. You know, if you can hear the noise of my computer overheating, that's not going to take away from the actual thing that it is that I'm trying to create or or try to move forward with. So yes, not everyone's not is going to love what I'm saying, but but who cares? As I said uh, way back there when I was talking about black sheep and difference, we're all different, and so are listeners and readers. To to many, this podcast is a failure for many different reasons. But will I stop? No. And why is that? Because like a novel, it's a marathon. You have to pace yourself and just keep going until you get to the finish line. And some people might think uh, your time was bad or others good or then others, again, amazing. You know, the the time they spent listening or reading or watching what it is that you created. But you, what do you think? What do you feel? So for me, I finished. I set out a goal and created what it was that I thought needed to be created and followed through and learned through the process. I learned by doing and just by embracing failure, you know, because everything's, nothing's perfect, you know. So, and that was the other thing that I talked about when I was talking about Shakespeare and perfection, this idea of perfection. You know, nothing comes out perfectly. And so the the part of that is... The other part, the other side, or the other side of the coin of perfection is failure, but you have to embrace the failure and understand that perfection is always going to be. There's always going to be failure to that. So no work's ever going to be perfect, but no work will be created if you create a wall of perfection and rejection and procrastination and sitting in the corner, twiddling your thumbs and letting your brain wreck your head because oh, I got rejected or failure. So it's just by starting again and creating again, you'll get inspired again. So embrace failure. Don't be afraid of it. Because failure is how we learn. See it as a door toward imagining new creations. Because every creator fails. You know, critics criticize. And yes, just like critics criticize, creators fail. But creators also create something new. Be a critic after the creative process you know it's called uh, for writers anyway it's called the editing stage you know filmmakers the same thing the editing stage so authenticity lies there you know you create an authentic work out of failure by conquering failure by conquering the fear of failure by simply accepting it as something that's part of the creative process so like 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 the name of my book uh, create don't compare yourself to others when you're in it. Just create. Uh, because, you know, comparison just destroys the imagination and destroys creativity. So, like I said before, you have to have heart, core, or care, courage, you know, that old French word. And to have heart means being fearless and to risk, you know. Um, don't let risk just be a word that's associated with the business community, you know. Embrace risk as a form of creative risk and invite failure because failure is absolutely essential, you know, for creation. And don't let gatekeepers and your own inner critic think you are a failure. If you're not failing, well, then you're not getting better. It's not you that it's a failure. You're just failing. You know, it's not a personal thing of you, the human being, as a failure. It's the actual process is failing forward. And someday, when you least expect it, 
something you create will be beautiful to others even if you still think it fails in so many different ways that's because you're perfecting i.e failing forward into what it is that you create so if you look to other creators to inspire you when you're down there's another way of doing it you know it going to a different part of what it is that you're creating so you know if you read read the writer you're most into or not Shakespeare but someone on the same level you feel you could attain because confidence comes back when you engage with uh, those aspirational people because comparing yourself to Picasso or Shakespeare will make you think you're a you are an actual failure with that not that you're failing or trying to better what it is like fail better as Beckett said you're not trying to just fail fail better because you know look to creators you think you'd have a great conversation with and you'll find out that they'll inspire you well, at least that's what they do for me and a lot of other creators who I've talked to about this and a lot of creators that you know who are household names They'll go somewhere else, they'll leave the work or they'll get inspired by other creators that are on the same wavelength as them. So that's what I wanted to talk about in reference to rejection and failure. Those two walls that are really, if you look at them, are huge doors, huge opportunities. Um, so thanks for listening. Um, I started with a quote from the wonderful Sylvia Platt, a nice short one for a change, <laughs> but here's another Irish proverb, as usual, I always uh, try to give you uh, an Irish proverb, so this one literally me- or means, um, however, however long the day, the evening will come, you know, so however long the day, the evening will come, so however crap you think you are, or your work is, the evening will come and the new day will come. So, the father on law, hogging on Tronona. The father on law, hogging on Tronona. So, as I always say, this podcast is supported by you, the listener, uh, via my Patreon page. That's uh, John Fanning and backslash, or Patreon backslash John Fanning. And if you want to support the podcast, um, patreon.com forward slash John Fanning, uh, J-O-H-N-F-A-N-N-I-N-G, and then my website is the same name, obviously, johnfanning.me, if you want to get into all that um, social media stuff, I'm a bit crap at that, but at least I'm up there and representing uh, what it is that I'm creating, but and subscribe on iTunes and please leave a review on iTunes because that's how other people find it and I really want uh, people who are into what it is that I'm talking about to find it and they can't find it if you don't help them find it Um, so that's about all I wanted to say Uh, if you want to support it go to Patreon and if you want to connect with me on Instagram or Twitter you know you can get that stuff off my site or just put in my name and Instagram or Twitter. So it's been great uh, sharing stuff with you and going through failure and rejection. Uh, So until next time when I'll be talking about uh, doing what you love and the dance around the dance. So slán live, agus gnári an báhar live.